Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who are consciously walking the spiritual path, experiencing and expressing the divine in unique ways and through unique lenses. Everyone here has wisdom to share and an interesting story to tell, all to inspire you on your spiritual path. Welcome to The Forum. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Spiritual Forum. So glad you're here. Ah, I just came back from the retreat that I led. It was called The Road to Eden, and it was a whole planet spirituality retreat. And it was fabulous. It was such such an amazing experience. And first of all, I'd like to give a huge shout out to podcast listeners out there who came to the retreat. I was so excited to see you and so excited to know that my little shout out about the retreat actually landed on some ears and you got your bodies there. It was an amazing experience because there were a lot of like-minded people, but also there were a lot of just curious people, and we were all there to be together, and somehow we created a holy space. We created just an experience where our hearts were open, and we were there to share and learn together all about whole planet spirituality. And there were a bunch of vegans there, some vegan activists, they were vegetarians, they were a good number of non-vegans, a good number of non-vegans who were there just because they were curious or they wanted to learn, and they were around these wonderful, loving, accepting uh, vegans, and I think it was a great experience. We had fabulous speakers, including our keynote, which was who was Gene Bauer, and he is the president and founder of Farm Sanctuary. We also had Silas Rao of Climate Healers and Victoria Moran of Main Street Vegan Academy. And we had some wonderful workshops from Reverend Sarah Bowen, who had a great workshop on animals and animal awareness and spiritual practices of animals. And we also had Laura Abe, who is a therapist who taught us a lot about communication and how to how to be in listener mode versus speaker mode. And, and that when we're talking to somebody, we're, we're in one, one mode or another. And I think what happens in most of our conversations is we want to be in the speaker mode or get there as fast as possible. And she really taught us some wonderful ways to stay in the listener mode until the other person gives up their speaker mode. And then, then we can ask for permission to get into the speaker mode. And it, and it's all, it, it ends up creating fabulous, meaningful, connecting conversations. And it's not about winning or being right. And she taught us a lot that's going to help us in our personal life. And then we also had Vince Tucker, who taught us about health coaching and how really to be make a change in your health or in your diet, it really takes a shift or an awareness of your values and your motivations. But, you know, uh, above and beyond that, I just think that there was just a magical connection with people. And I encourage everyone who's listening to consider coming next year. Next year, it's going to be October the 19th to the 22nd. And this is at Unity Village. And Unity Village, I'll, I'll mention in, in a minute more about the history of Unity Village, but it's a sacred sacred grounds. And there's prayer 24-7 been going on for, oh, 130 years or so. And that's what makes it just so magical. But I wanted to share with you today my some aspects of my opening talk at the retreat and see if it's of value to you. It's not going to be the exact same talk I gave, but let's let's see what happens. And really, it's it was about the road to Eden and about whole planet spirituality. And why we named it that, you know? I mean, whole planet spirituality to me is a spirituality that includes everyone. 
that it doesn't exclude species, it doesn't include just humans, but it's a spirituality that includes everyone. And every single religion in the world has a golden rule that they go by. And so, but are we living it, you know? Loving kindness for all. We typically stop right at the human-animal interface or the human plant interface, the human everything interface. And we think that the golden rule really applies just to humans. But if you're going to be practicing something that I call whole planet spirituality, you're considering all beings, everyone, and recognizing that everyone has a unique purpose unto themselves, that there's no being here to be subservient to another being. This is so important. It's so important because what is underneath every form of exploitation the extreme of slavery or, or human trafficking, or or just or you could say the slavery of working in a corporation. But underneath every every form of slavery is this idea that that somebody somebody has domination, dominion, power over others. That that not everyone has a purpose unto themselves. That you are here to serve me, and so it is that thought that anyone is here to serve another that is under every form of exploitation. And it's really important that we we look at this and not just say, well, slavery was of the past. And so, you know, it's gone because it's not gone. But we enslave animals every day to serve us. And we have this false belief that they are here for us, even though really there's nothing in the Bible <laughs> that says that they are here for us. But whole planet spirituality, and a spirituality that includes everyone, loving kindness for everyone, this challenges tens of thousands of years of cultural conditioning and the accepted practices of all of our institutions, meaning government, corporations, uh, religious institutions, educational institutions. Everything that we've been taught is not whole planet spirituality. It, it's or everything that's. Everything of a spiritual nature has not been taught as whole planet's been spirituality. It's been a particular spirituality for particular people. And we have been taught that domination and exploitation models are okay, even though they're kind of hidden today because it's not slavery and exploitation isn't so extreme. But we know that's going on. We we know that that how we get our food and our clothing, that there's exploitation in that we know that anytime somebody has power over another or that certain classes have power over another that exploitation is it's normalized and this is the kind of the world we live in so i i named this this um retreat the road to eden because if you've been listening to my podcast at all you know that that eden is such an inspiration to me because eden i believe is the ideal and it it's I call it the road to Eden because it's a personal journey. Each one of us, I believe, is on the road to Eden. Some of us may be stalled on the side of the road. Some of us may be on the road but going the other way. And others of us are just kind of plodding step by step. But this, I believe, is a personal journey and that Eden, the ideal, is our destination. And it's an ideal that we, that we, we can strive for every day if we stay awake. So like, what is Eden? I think we know that it's a place in our creation story. This creation story that's in the Bible, whether you're a Christian or you know a practicing Jew or not, that you know the Bible. This creation story is something that has been with us for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and it doesn't matter to me whether it's true or a myth. It's something that is in our our collective psyche that there is some place that we came from some place that 
we but it was before us that was it was idyllic. It was a place where we lived in a, a world of wholeness and nonviolence and, and harmony. And we know that in this place, in the Bible, in this place, in Genesis, no one was eating anyone, okay? No animals were eating other animals, and no humans were eating other animals. And this, I believe, is a story that has lasted the test of time, because I believe there's some truth to it, that there's some something in our collective psyche that says we've come from a, a better place and that we we've left it and if you look at genesis chapter 1 verse 29 you know god creates in genesis and whether you believe again this is literal or, or metaphysical or whether god is a being or or god is you know the the energy under evolution it, it doesn't matter the story says in genesis 1 29 after everything was created humankind plant life animals, everything. And God said it was good. God then said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. That's Genesis chapter 1, verses 29 through 30. Then the next statement says, and then God gives to humankind this thing called dominion, which you know has been mis misunderstood to believe that, that humankind can now just do whatever the hell it wants to with all the rest of creation. I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever because the, the prior statement is God saying, hey, everybody, don't eat each other, don't harm each other. I'm giving you plants to eat. And so what God in this story was really doing is giving humankind this amazing gift of caretaker, steward. Take care of it. And I'm not even sure that the animal and plant kingdom need us to take care of it. So so that's that's certainly a question I have in my mind whether whether it needs us or not. But I, I do think that humankind could take the role to ensure that whatever we do doesn't cause harm. And so we're obviously not in Eden now. We're obviously, you know, outside of that. And and we we know the story of the fall, the fall from grace. And you know, for me, that's we 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 left oneness oneness consciousness and moved into this separation consciousness. And out of that comes domination and exploitation. Out of this comes all the power structures. And in this place outside of Eden, the ideal violence and disharmony is normal. Violence is normal. War is normal. Killing is normal. Annihilation is normal. I mean, we're we're bothered by it when it happens to our personal loved ones, but I mean, we're we're killing on a massive scale. Massive, massive scale. I mean, I think in the United States, just for food, a million animals are killed an hour. Where does the violence go? So in this state of outside of Eden, we have impaired ability to make connections. We, we don't connect things like what's on our plate with the suffering of an animal. We don't connect the clothes that we buy and the label on it with possibly that slave labor was used. We don't connect that what we put into our bodies could actually cause us harm if it tastes good or if grandma did it. So I, I say, I, I, I've I found this word from, I think it was Mark Passio, I heard it from in the beginning, but we live in a state of ignorance. 
you know, we call it ignorance, but I love this putting an emphasis on ignorance. We're ignoring the reality of all of the other beings on the planet because we've been conditioned to do, uh, we, we've been conditioned to do monstrous things or to be complicit with others doing monstrous things. As long as, as long as we don't, it's not in view or as long as it's for some noble cause that we've been indoctrinated into thinking is okay, we're okay with this. It's it's a weird world we live in. And I hope, <laughs> that's why I love Eden so much. It's like, I just know that deep in my heart, something else is possible. Something else is a reality that would restore ourselves to some sort of original capital S self, and that everything else is is conditioning. So Eden to me is also, it's a place in our personal consciousness where we individually experience inner harmony, universal love. We have a restored relationship with creation. Our values and our beliefs are in line with our actions. I should say it the other way around. Our actions are in line with our values and beliefs. I think there's so much illness, so much of the source of illness in our bodies is because our actions are out of line with our beliefs. So much dissonance, energy, um, density builds up in our bodies when we say we are love, but we do unloving things. When we say we are peace, but we are actually paying people to be violent for us or condoning violence and war. I also think Eden is a place in our consciousness where we are personally sovereign. Sovereignty is, I think, very important to remember here. And what I mean by that is that we don't succumb to the thinking of the masses, but that we stand in a solid state where we are our own selves, we have our own purpose, and we are guided by the divine, guided by God, not not the the voices of our fear-based ego or the voices of the crowd. So Eden is inner harmony, universal love, restored relationships, integrity, and personal sovereignty. It's also a vision for the world. I, I think I think that we have this amazing gift of imagination. And we could put that imagination to imagining horrible outcomes. You know, the elites are gonna take over or we're all gonna be in bondage or we're all gonna die or World War Three is coming. We can imagine those things, but we could also use our imagination to create a vision for the world, an Edenic vision, a world that has no power structures, meaning nobody has the right or ability to force another against his or her will to act, to go against life. Where all beings, this vision of Eden for the world, where all beings are free, all beings. So we are not harnessing other beings for our own purposes. And it's really important that we get that as long as we are dominating animals, as long as we are corralling them and and force inoculating them, artificially inseminating them, and taking babies away and confining them. And as long as we're exploiting any other beings, the act of exploitation, that thought that I can do this to you because I want to, will be pervasive in our culture. So we're, we're not going to get a, a, away from human slavery and human domination unless we eliminate all domination, all power structures, all confinement of free beings. I know that's tough to get. And I'm really, I'm really willing to hear from anybody say, how can we 
how can we be in the process of domination and want to also be free, expect to be free? How, how can that ever happen? How can that ever happen? Because we really have to transmute the thought that anyone has power over anyone. I think the other vision for the world when it comes to an Edenic vision and that is that humans restore ourselves to being divine caretakers. So I just invite you for a minute to envision this world, like imagine it. What would it look like? And think about your own life. Who has power over you? And how would your life be if that power was released, that you were just standing in your own power? I mean, perhaps you work for a corporation and there's something that you feel like you have to align with because you're part of that corporation. I mean, that's kind of a, that's an assertion of power over you. Or perhaps you're in a relationship that is abusive. There's assertion of power over you. So what would your life be like without that? What would the world be like without that? Imagine a world without power structures, a world where all beings are free, a world where humans are restored to our divine state, and that we act in accordance with our own loving kindness values, peaceful values, and our beliefs in a world of oneness, and listen to the guidance of the divine, and that there are no, or let's just say there are masses out there trying to convince us of something, but that, that, that doesn't really take hold. That doesn't take hold. So imagine your own vision for the world. I've I, I been doing this more often because I think it's so easy to get stuck into, oh my God, all these bad things are happening. So imagine restoring yourself to an Edenic state. And, and I think that these exercises cause us to really face some existential and reflective questions that most of us don't want to face. Most of us want to just go through the day, get to our Netflix, have our meals, have fun, have fun conversations, you know, make our paycheck and all that. But I think we're at a point where we really need to look at some of these existential reflective questions. So here are a few, you know, who am I? Who are you? What is your role here in this life, in this space-time that we're in right now? What is your relationship with the rest of creation? What do you want it to be? What conditioning can you see that you're ready to release? Oh my gosh, there's so much conditioning. I know I've talked about this a lot. There's so much conditioning. Even the idea that we have to eat meat to be healthy, complete social conditioning. What is your relationship to authority? And this is important because as long as we have power structures, we respond to authority. We respond to authority even if it goes against our values, even if it goes against our beliefs because we're afraid. What it, where is your faith in this Eden vision? Do you believe it's possible for you to be peaceful and loving, for you to free all beings, for you to be free of power structures? Do you believe it's possible that the world can transform in that way? What inner work must we do? What inner work must I do? What, what inner work must you do? Because we need to do a lot of inner work in order to transform these relationships with we have with authority and to release conditioning and to see the divine nature of our of our authentic being. And, and then the last thing is like, what powers must I cultivate? What powers must you cult cultivate? And what I mean by that, I'm a unity minister, so the 12 powers of humankind, they're powers of the divine that have been given to us. And I'll just name a few. I probably won't be able to remember them all. But love, strength, power, will, understanding, imagination, order, release, those are just a few, zeal, faith, 
These are powers that we have within us as divine beings that we often relegate to some outer power, or we often have them out of balance. We're not really exercising them or expressing them in a balanced way. So this is a this is a topic for a whole other thing. But if you go to the spiritualform.org slash podcast and you you click on that menu, a drop down menu comes and, and you can click on the 12 powers and there's a whole bunch of podcasts on these 12 powers. But this road to Eden is an inner journey. It's an inner journey. We want the world to change, but it's an inner journey. And I think it's very much like the hero's journey, if not the same thing as a hero's journey, because we're starting at one place in consciousness and going through, leaving the known and, and going through a release of so much conditioning. And we can find that we're, we're faced with, are we willing to examine everything we've learned? Are we really willing to release that? Are we willing to release all its indoctrination that, that causes us to be dominators on this planet, to accept that dominator system? And, and, and when we get to this place, we find we're very alone. So sometimes that can be the abyss, that the, the dark night of the soul, because no one else sees things like we are. But we, we stand you know, with our, our partners on this journey. We stand with the divine and we keep moving through it. And, and on the other side, we returned at a higher level of consciousness this, and uh, being able to see whole planet spirituality, being able to see the possibility of Eden uh, within ourselves and also within the world. So I, I just want to share a little bit about unity history at this time. You may or may not be interested in it, but I'm an interfaith minister. I'm also a unity minister. And we had this retreat at Unity Village. And I mentioned that it was kind of a sacred place. But what's really cool about unity is that its founders, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, I, I believe that at least for their time, and this is like in the early 1900s, that they were practitioners of whole planet spirituality. They were so ahead of their time. And I think that the energy of that still is pervasive at Unity Village. And that's why I have this retreat there. But just to give you a little bit of history, these two people, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, they became ethical vegetarians in 1895. And what happened was there was a man named Harry Church, and he was, I think he was a printer in their publishing department of Unity Village, and he was a Seventh-day Adventist, which I think in itself is kind of cool, because you can see that just from that, that all sorts of people with different different religious backgrounds went to Unity Village for, you know, this to learn new things. And he came into their home, and he said— he. he Seventh-day Adventists were ethical vegans, actually. And he said, what are all these dead things doing on, on the table? And I think it was, a, it was an interesting moment for Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to just kind of snap and go, oh, wow, you know, I, they, they kind of became a little bit awake because of that. And this has happened to me in my life so many times where somebody just looked at me a certain way and, or just said, oh, really? And what it had to do with like what I was eating or what I was thinking. And I'm like, hmm, there's something in that. And then I go deeper and I find, oh my gosh, I need to change because I'm out of alignment with my values. Well, that's what happened to Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. So they became ethical vegetarians. And it wasn't that just they did that. Myrtle's philosophy con concerning food was she wanted no murdered thing on her plate. And Charles wrote and spoke with clarity and deep conviction on our relationship with animals for over 40 years. And he taught that our relationship with animals impacted our ability to manifest universal love, ethical living, spiritual development, 
world peace and that also that the that just the metaphysics of putting suffering and torture into our bodies that we're transferring that energy into our bodies and that it impacts our health so it wasn't just about health although some of it was but it really and it wasn't just about eating it was really about being in right relationship with the rest of creation and the animals who lived on the planet god created beings just like us and that we had no right to to dominate them and that would really really impact ourselves as spiritual beings. So here's just a few quotes that I want to read that come from I, I put together a book called it's, it's really about the, the forgotten teachings of Charles Fillmore. But here's a quote he had on universal love. It came from an essay called Flesh Eating Metaphysically Considered, published in 1910. And he said, the master on the spiritual plane is not a slave driver. He does not use force. The only law that he recognizes is love. To this law, he must be true in all of its ramifications throughout the universe of forms. He must love every creature, every beast in the field, every fowl of the air. His, his love must flow forth in protecting streams when any creature is in danger of violence or destruction. He must recognize that all life as God's life, destined by a wide arrangement to be in its right place wherever he finds it. I love that. It's in its right place where he finds it. We don't have to do anything. Thus, he goes on to say, he cannot in any way sanction the killing of animals for food. That's a pretty bold statement in 1910. This is what he had to say from an essay called Education and Temperance, and this was in 1933. And this is what he had to say about ethical living. But in the manner of animal slaughter, who countenances it or defends it after his eyes have been opened to the unity of life? Yet every time we eat meat, we are accessories. Of those who committed the overact, we stand in the sight of the moral law exactly where the receivers of stolen goods stand in the civil law. So what he's saying is we're participating ap after our eyes are open to the unity of life. So I think that was kind of interesting. Is once your eyes are open to the unity of life, how can you be okay with harming another? And that we stand, we're, we're, com we're committing the act, if, even if we're getting others to do it for us. So this comes from the book, Adam Smashing Power of the Mind, and this is on the topic of spiritual development. Charles Fillmore, there's a relation between thinking and eating, and as you grow spiritually, the character of your food and all that pertains to eating may have to be changed in conformity with the new order of things. If you will leave meat and all animal products out of your food, you will see a change for the better. I know people will debate that. I know people will say, I was vegan once, and then... I got I got sick and so and I started eating meat and I felt better. And I think there's so much more digging to go on that because I mean there's just so much more digging to go on that because for one thing we're definitely addicted to meat and when you're addicted to something <laughs> you want it back and you feel better when you get that addiction. Ask anybody who smokes or drinks, you know, meat is also an addiction. So just because we feel better, we think we feel better doesn't mean our body is acting better or in a, a cleaner operation. I'll talk about that another time. I don't have time right now. <laughs> but uh, you, can, uh, you can email me or you can, you can write a comment on this podcast and I'm happy to engage with you. Okay, and this is, this is a quote, the last quote I have from Charles Fillmore from, actually this is from the column The Vegetarian. It might not have been Charles exactly. This is in May of 1920. And this is on world peace. We need never look for universal peace on this earth until men stop killing animals for food. 
The lust for blood has permeated the race thought, and the destruction of life will continue to repeat its psychology the world round until men willingly observe the law in all phases of life. Thou shalt not kill. So what he's saying here is the law given that of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, doesn't stop at humans. And it, he, he makes the connection. I love this about the Fillmores. They were really good at making connections. Remember I said before, we live in ignorance. We can't make connections. They were really good at role models for making connections. And the connecting that if we're looking for peace, we've got to stop being violent, period. So just a little bit more about the film wars, because I think they are so cool, but they they align their actions with their words, because so many of us are out of alignment. And I know I'm out of alignment. I know that I live a hypocritical life. I'm not always aware of that, but my constant prayer is, God, show me what I cannot yet see, because I want to be in alignment. I want to see everything. I want to learn everything possible so that my actions are in line with my values and beliefs, because when I'm out of alignment... I, I just there's a dissonance. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. So, um, so I am not saying at all that I've got it all going on. I do not, and I absolutely know that. And I look at the to the Fillmores as amazing role models for aligning their actions and the, with their words because not only did they say these things, and not only did they practice you know an ethical vegetarianism at their time, but they aligned their actions with their words. They opened something called the Unity Inn which is the first vegetarian restaurant in Kansas City. And to, they opened it in 1906 to demonstrate that man can live and eat well on a meatless diet. And then in 1911, they started something called the Unity Pure Food Company, which provided the, the public with healthy alternatives to meat, including animal fats and butter. So they're not just saying, stop eating these things. They're also saying, hey, let us, let us help you <laughs> see, let us help you with this. Let me show us how you can do it. In 1911, they, they started a column in their magazine called The Vegetarian. I quoted from it earlier. And it became a regular column in the weekly Unity publication. And, and it presented on one side moral arguments for not harming animals. And on the other side, it pre presented meatless recipes. In 1921, Charles Fillmore included in the Unity Statement of Faith these words, quote, We believe that all life is sacred and that man should not kill or be party to the killing of animals for food. Also, that cruelty, war, and wanton destruction of human life will continue so long as men destroy animals. Again, making the connection that war, domination, exploitation of humans is connected to how we treat animals. In 1923, they published the Unity Inn cookbook, and they also published a special Bible bound in plant-based keratol, not leather. And the, it, it was the Bible was published, and it said, no leather or any animal product enters into this Bible or its binding. So I took this little detour into the lives of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, the founders of the, the Unity Movement, because I see them as exemplars of whole planet spirituality. I see them as exemplars of walking this road to Eden and creating it in their lifetime uh, to the extent that they were able to, because they were willing to awaken to, they were willing to awaken to something they did not yet know. That, that day when Harry Church walked in and said, what are all these murdered things doing on your plates? They didn't defend themselves. They didn't, pushed back. They, they were willing to awaken to something they did not know. And then 
take action. They were proficient at making connections. I pointed that out a few times. They took action in alignment with their spiritual values of love and peace. They spoke openly and freely about their convictions. Many of us learn new things and we become new people, but uh, we don't always speak openly uh, and freely. I completely identify with that. I was a very, very, very quiet, solitary, just doing my own thing vegetarian for like 35 years. Didn't speak out about it at all. It wasn't until I I really had a divine experience where I called to be a voice for the animals. And trust me, <laughs> I did not receive that calling with a, oh, sure, I'd love to do that. I had a complete breakdown. My heart broke open and I completely broke down because it's like, this is hard. How do I speak for the voiceless in a world that can't see a thing? I see, or the thing that I'm talking about. And I felt kind of the spirits of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore comforting me and guiding me. And and so I, I in my own way, I, I speak out for the voiceless. In this podcast, I do. I don't always, but from time to time I do, and I am in this podcast episode. But when you get a calling from the divine, it's 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 usually a hard thing. <sighs> And it kind of like when Moses was asked by God to go free the people, go free the Israelites in Egypt. You know, first thing he said was, who, me? I, I, I don't even have the gift of speaking. You know, first thing he says, who, me? Why? I, I, that's too hard for me. But the film wars spoke openly and freely about their convictions, and I really, really admired them as exemplars for that. And then they took action in the world to show and to teach people. So that kind of in a nutshell is what I presented. I opened the the Whole Planet Spirituality Road to Eden retreat at Unity Village last weekend. And then I just kind of left people with some considerations for their personal road to Eden. And I think I think this is really some good advice for whatever awakening is happening for you. Whatever you're learning new, whatever whatever your work to do to heal yourself from the cultural conditioning of all the stuff we've learned about medicine and food and health and everything. Oh, there's so much conditioning, layer after layer after layer. But when you remove those layers, I think I mentioned this earlier, it could be, it can, you can feel lonely. You can feel suddenly disoriented. You can feel like you want to push people away. And some considerations that I leave you with are to stay connected, to stay connected with everyone, to stay connected with people who believe differently than you, stay connected to people who are asleep or to people who are, unless, unless it's an abusive relationship, do everything possible to stay connected. Love everyone because this is a movement of love and peace. This is not a movement about eating food, for God's sakes. That's simplistic. And I hate it when people reduce it to that. This is about loving everyone, everyone, and letting that boundary of love expand and expand and expand and expand. I invite you to question everything, question what I'm saying, question what you learn, but question mostly what or what you read, I mean, but question mostly what you have learned and everything that you've accepted as normal. Everything that was accepted as normal is not necessarily the right thing. It's not necessarily truth. Do your inner healing work. I have so many podcasts on healing. There's so many different healing modalities, but do all that you can to dig into your the depths of your being and find your shadow. Love your inner child. Recognize first off that you're a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. That all of us who think we are good people, we do lots of things that are not good. Find those places in you and and incorporate them into your being and recognize that the evil that is out there in the world, it looks like an evil force that's out there, 
that's coming to get us, if you see that, but also that each one of us that succumbs to such things, you know, if we, you know, we're all, we're all one in that way. It's like we're, if we, if we had, if we grew up in different circumstances with different conditioning and different parents and different socioeconomic and different everything, we, we would behave like that person too. And that doesn't say that how they're behaving is okay, but just having a little compassion and knowing that at the depth, I think at the depth, the depth that you have to go really deep sometimes in yourself and others to find that divine spark. But this is the the healing work that we're being called to do, because we're 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 not going to have this collective advancement by leaving anybody behind. You know, it's not going to be like you know I, I'm I'm going to get the boat out of town and leave everybody behind. It just doesn't work that way. We, we've got to find ways to bring us all along. So do your inner healing work. Embody the the powers of faith and strength and will, because it's so important to have faith, know, knowing that this vision for the world is possible and that we know it. And the strength is that steadfastness that that holds, that stick-to-itiveness, keeps us going step after step after step on the journey. And will is that that, uh, that power within us that allows us to, to make the right choices. And then lastly, imagine. Imagine. Again, imagine. Use your imagination to to see what is possible in this world to see how beautiful this world can be because we can step toward a more beautiful world every single day and we can do this because we are consciousness creating so i'm closing now and thank you for listening i hope you come to the the whole planet spirituality retreat we have next year october the 19th to the 22nd 2023 at unity village we'll have a different theme it won't be the road to eden but it will be a whole planet spirituality retreat and in between now and then i do encourage you to walk your road of eat road to eden consciously and step toward a more beautiful world every day thank you everybody and i now close the spiritual forum Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, you can let me know by leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite podcast app or make a tax-deductible donation at thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is a podcast, prayer, and retreat ministry affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. Thank you again for being a part of the Spiritual Forum community. And remember, you are an amazing, divine, and powerful being.